tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, it is love! Sing it, Steph. All you need is love. Do you? <laughs> All you need is love. love. And a vacation for Phil. All we need is love. That's love right. Love is all we need and tickets to the World Cup. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, the sound of that is not the prisoner, but it is. But it is. But it denotes that it is the prisoner oh. here at AfterBuzz oh. TV. Throwback Thursday to the 1967-1968 allegory that is the prisoner from the mind of Patrick McGowan. This is the final episode, <laughs> yeah. and it is indeed from the mind of Patrick McGowan. Uh, yeah, R- rattled or not, that was Patrick McGowan's brainchild we just saw. And for those of you uh, who are curious, we actually just all watched the episode together yeah. right before recording this. Phil thought it was necessary to record my reaction. Th- which will be posted later on various social medias for your enjoyment. I kind of... I don't Wait, know. Let's, let's, do, yeah, let's finish let's the opening watch, and yeah. then we'll do your... Well, I feel a little deflated. We'll Hold talk about that. What... First off, we always <laughs> open like up with over. this. We open up with this. Aww. That... This we'll try to not give spoilers, and that we'll talk about all the very. Guess what? This is spoiler filled. Yeah, all, everything's all, you know everything's on the table. Everything's ready to be discussed. We've seen all the episodes. You should have seen all the episodes. So right. it's all fair game at this point. So of course we're talking about Fallout. Whoop, whoop. Uh, Steph Z. <laughs> kind of your overall reaction. It, 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 again, it's very tough to go from that. Again, I feel like, to, and to I this. love you guys so so much, but I feel like it was. T- I thought I was going to get my mind blown, and my mind was not blown because I think you had a lot of WTF moments, though. I, right- I, I had a lot of WTF moments of like what is happening in this episode. The reveal of him being number one was not shocking to no. me. And I don't think it was actually shocking to many people. I think no, more people are kind of like WTF because of how it was. Right. They were all, I feel like they all were like, okay, call time, 7 o'clock a.m. 7.05, we all drop three hits of acid. <laughs> we start filming at 8.45. Like, that's what I feel like this happened. <laughs> and I get that. That's the WTF. But it was, again, it was very clear that once, you know, he went in there that all the half-faced people were parts of a personality. Mm-hmm. So that makes up who he was. It was very clear once he started talking and they started talking with him that that's what was happening. Yeah. So I thought that I, my mind my mind was blown at the creativity, at the far-fetchedness of this particular episode. But my mind was not blown as the overall who is number one. <laughs> I was waiting for a sad trombone. I I think that's a fair assessment. I think viewers at the time in 68 um, probably, well, they were very divided. It's, it's, this is, 
one of the most divisive episodes uh, of television history. People either loved it or hated it. Um, I think watching it, it's very interesting having someone, you know, watch it so many decades in the future because I wonder if our cognitive ability to, uh, like, um, see through storylines has changed and updated because I feel like you were pretty on the point about who number one was from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Yeah. You know, I, I, the, the people that watched it back then, yes, there might have been water cooler discussion, but people did not spend it. First off, it was presented to them as a spy story. Second, mm-hmm. they, they uh, I'm sure they talked about it. They did not talk about it for an hour each week. Like how to, we do. Yeah. Right. And have right. like hundreds and of And take books. notes. They just sat down and watched it. <laughs> yeah. They weren't looking maybe as in-depth as I've been trained to look because I know we're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um... But, yeah, I mean, I think, and again, overall, like, no poo-poo on the show. Love the Prisoner. Yeah. Huge fan. I think everyone should watch this series or whatever you want to call it in their life. Like, I think it's great. It's entertaining. It causes you to think. It deals with po- it deals with so many out-of-the-box mm-hmm. things, and it, you know, creates a platform for people to have discussions about stuff like this. Um... But again, I just feel like I, I felt like I was, what I wanted to happen was for me to have to like throw my pad in the air and be like, no way! Like that's what I felt like I was build up was going to happen. And I was like, oh, I think he's you know, number one. I literally mm-hmm. wrote down but, when they were bringing him up, a mirror, question mark. Like, yeah. were they going to show him a mirror? What were they going to show him? And as soon as it was him and the little dude in the mirror. <laughs> the I, butler. Yeah, <laughs> I was just, dude. I was very... Like, okay, that's it. And so that was, for me, almost the reveal. And then the reveal again was when, you know, the mask came off and the weird monkey dude. Well, I thought, what did you think about the very, very end? Yeah, the I rocket th- leaving? No. Uh, Where they're at in life. Because that's, that's I think, a bigger point yeah. of contention. It's not necessarily well, number one. That was weird in itself. But it's like, okay, I think, so what happened? Yeah. In as a whole, I what mean, happened? So the la- basically, like the last couple of minutes, where everyone kind of resets, and we see um, number two going back dancing into the in office. front of the cop, no. trying to tell him oh. no, no, uh, going back into the office, and then number six getting in his car, and we see basically the the intro all over again, as if it's repeating itself, as if he's never really free. Oh yeah, I feel like he's never really free because again, he's number one. He's himself, mm-hmm. so he's causing a lot of this. And we also see the door open for him, so that was a throwback to the village, mm-hmm. so to speak, so that he was in there. Let's take it a step back because uh, I, I th- th- we have a rare quote from McGowan that I was able to pull about this episode. So I'll say yeah, he that. actually spoke about it later on. He did, he did. Um, so I want to pull that, but but let's uh, let's mm-hmm. dig through the layers before okay. we let's fully do it. get it. But yes, absolutely. Um, this was shot right after Girl Who Was Death, which is why the rocket, you know, s- stuff was reused. <coughs> Excuse me. I thought the blo- the village was going to blow up, too. Yeah. And I feel like I would have liked that better than just some random rocket taking off. Yeah, the rocket was like, oh, so you just sent them all to space? Okay. Like, who's he? Like, uh, just those, the weirdos and the, the masks. Again, and, it was like yeah. lunchtime. It was starting to get okay. And then it was mm-hmm. like, oh, look at my call sheet. Drop another hit of acid. <laughs> Then we then we continue to film. There you go. Um, uh, Leo McKern, who obviously plays number mm-hmm. two, the reason why he was shaved was because of the timing of Once Upon a Time to now. It was so different, and his face was different, so they just needed that gimmick. Uh, but yes, I think that came through the, the dropping of the acid type thing. Speaking of, here's the thing. Uh, Wait, to, time. To, go ahead. Go, go. No, go. go on. You had a question. Something that 
I'm not sure that I see in the notes because you just you withheld the notes until right now. Yeah, I've been- something that stood out to me a lot. Santa. What? We can talk about them. Oh, we'll okay. talk about him with the judge. With oh, the judge the, and Leo. Well, I, the first Clothing. time when, when you were just talking about when they were shaving mm-hmm. number two, when they how they put the shaving cream on. I don't know if you guys you remember. I said he looks yeah. like Santa. Yeah. And then the judge clearly <laughs> is in a Santa suit. He's no. not just in a red outfit. He's in a Santa suit. So what? Because you had very early on, yeah. you had the notion of you know the the Disney princesses mm-hmm. yeah. and things like that. Where, where did we end up on that yeah. theory? Now that we had Santa Claus back in the picture, like where? where and it's all we... bullshit. <laughs> okay, great. That's where we ended up with that. Right. Okay, okay. <laughs> so continuing. Well, no, no, not that. Not that the feelings of correlation that there's princesses are bullshit, but. That princesses and fairy tales like that play out as bullshit. Santa is. False. I hope there's no kids watching. False. You know, like that. We, as a society, feel feed into these concepts that someone decides to tell us as real, but they're not. Mm-hmm. That that more than. I like that answer yeah. better than it's all just BS. Yeah. yeah, well, I meant I meant that it's it really it, that does mean it's BS, but that's a little bit more of a clarification yeah, of that, why because okay. it could mean BS in a few different ways. But yeah. that again played into a lot of you know society and government and pe- the way that people want to brain brainwash mm-hmm. us to think certain things. I feel like that, and there are. I mean, I know that a lot of people might not have said Snow White and this and that, but mm-hmm. knowing what those things represent now. You know, looking back at it, it all kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. Uh, and, spe- you, you know, Magoon, speaking of, I know we're joking about the the, the acid thing is, is a joke, by the way. But mm-hmm. Magoon did say that he wrote this in um, in a matter of 36 hours. And it... Wow. Three I mean, hits of acid yeah. later. I mean, <laughs> whether or not that, that uh, is true. Or you know, sleep deprivation. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, he, I, I think he had a lot of time to think about the various things that he wanted to put in, but mm-hmm. you know, just he, but. he took thirty six hours just to do it in that way. Um, much to Steph's, we, we've talked about this in the past. Um, mm-hmm. Many audiences were a little bit disappointed when they saw it. They wanted uh, number one to be kind of more of a James Bond type thing, not themselves. Bam, dropping that existential bomb on audiences. Yeah, they just didn't want it, man. They didn't so much so yeah. that. Uh, that McGowan, you know, he he was in fear of his life because uh, he thought he was going to be yeah, he, lynched. He like went into hiding for what? several months. He was definitely dropping the acid then. You don't go into hiding because you made no. A TV people show. were upset at the time. People were legitimately upset about. Yeah, like I'm rioted. upset. I'm definitely upset. But those people but are they were crazy like, too. Anonymous level upset. Here's the thing. I mean, first off, yeah. they've he's inspired revolt, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he just angered people with like how many like gunshots. I feel like he he left me hanging, it's and that's what people I felt. Yeah. People felt that, and they were angry. They were angry. They wanted completion. Yeah. They didn't want to th- be free thinkers. Yeah, they wanted to be spoon fed, yeah. which is McGowan. What he did not want to do exactly. is feed, spoon, uh, spoon feed them. <laughs> spoon speed. You know, my question is: is every other time? What I didn't see, like, we recognize that number one's on the door, and it has been, but every other time that they've shown that place, has the door opened by itself? No. 
Uh, every so often. Oh, really? Uh, you know, sometimes it has. Oh. Not, not in the original That's kind of opening that sequence. That's something interesting that oh, wait, I felt I think like we would have picked up you're talk- on it. We yeah. We're talking about his house. His uh, actual one number one oh, place. Wait, didn't we see that? Didn't we see the door open when he went back and the woman was living? Yes. Yeah, the door opened by itself then. Yeah. Yeah. So we've seen it every now and then, but yes, it's always been one Buckingham place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I made note of that very early on to, to check yeah. the number, and so now now you understand why. Yeah. So that's kind of the uh, the overview of of all of, you know the stuff. So let, let, Wait, no, time out. Overview. You have a note here that says McGowan didn't know who number one was until writing the last episode. That's what he claims. Uh, I don't know about that. That's what he claims. I mean, who else the, I think, could it have been that it made sense? I mean, yeah. A computer, maybe it was always going to be a computer, and then he decided that well, there was really a man behind episode, it. Well, but as soon as in this episode, as soon as they were saying he was the man of steel, again, they, they, there was so many breadcrumbs that they gave. Like, if you didn't know that he was number one going into this episode... It was being hit over your head. It, yeah, it was like, I'm number one, I'm number one, I'm number one, don't miss it. Which, which to me, was it was way too much. Like, when mm-hmm. they said, he's the man of steel... It's yeah. like, and number one is that steel thing with an eye. Like, come on. Which, by the way, Man of Steel also can be uh, Superman, Superman yeah. or yeah. Super- Stalin. Yes. Well, yeah, At the time, it was that, more referencing of, of Stalin. Yeah, probably you're yeah. right. But, but again, the super man, the superhero blue chair that he sits in. No, the throne. It's a throne. No, Yeah, yeah but it just happened to be superhero blue. I, I got it. Hey, there it, was, it, like, stuff hanging down from the... Shit that could have been. I, I think it was supposed I'm to be more like purpley blue, and it was supposed to be the color of royalty. But no, I, here's the thing. I mean, I'm pretty the, sure over there they know the color of royalty. They it was superhero blue. <laughs> I mean, again, it, it toes that line of it can be one or it can yeah. be the other, and you know what is that distinction? That's the whole. You know, we'll we'll talk about that more when we talk about you know number two and number forty eight versus you know number six oh, because. Uh, but but it's all these various things, and yes, I think you know. Although you wouldn't have thought of Stalin, mm-hmm. Stalin was thought of very much as the Man of Steel. Yeah, he's the OG. Well, I think that's one of the. I think that's a big timeline thing. If I if we were watching it back then, yeah. I probably would have thought of that. But now, because Superman, so having having made superhero shirts, you know, having a Kryptonian yeah. tattoo on my arm, I kind of just go to Superman. Yeah. I get that. I get that. What does it say, by the way? Uh, it's Kryptonian. It reads the word trust. T R U S T. Because I feel like trust is the ultimate superpower. We're well, looking at Steph Z's tattoo, ladies Snap. and gentlemen. Snap! I don't know if you can see it. Um, so, <laughs> which, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> how about this? So, uh, we open up basically. He he gets a suit, right? And he mm-hmm. you know he says we we felt you'd be more comfortable as yourself. Yeah. <laughs> On that creepy like. Uh, not even mannequin. It was like a, a what do you call that? A, a paper mache. Yeah, it looked like it, it looked like a Frankenstein. But it looked exactly like him. Yeah, it did. It was a. It was him. It was a Frankenstein. Which again was like your number mm-hmm. one. You're going to see yourself put on your clothes because that's what you're going to see. Weird. Yeah, super weird. Weird, Ugh. weird one. I mean, to, to, mm. to the point of number one, uh, I guess let's 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 talk about number one and then we'll kind of uh, go back a little bit. I mean. Whether or not he knew that that number one was going to be himself, it was like the Schrodinger's cat, right? You don't know until you put it to paper, yeah. and it's like, okay, well, all all things point to this way, and let's do it. I mean, there, there's been a lot of, like, Breaking Bad, right? Vince Gilligan has yes. noted most notably, like, they didn't really know where it was going. They kept writing themselves in a hole and being like, how the hell did we get out of it? That's true. 
And so in this regard, it's like, okay, well, if we look at the track record, it, all signs point to him being number one for the most part. So let's yeah, do that. That works. I can buy that. Steph? I can I can buy it, but I might return it because <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I feel like like I, I get what you're saying, but in the same sense, I feel like so many things were done so smart in this show to not have any direction because who else really could number one have been that would have made sense as much as him being number one throughout the series. You also have to remember, though, at this point, McGowan was like, I didn't want to do these extra episodes. So I'm, there's, I think there's a little bit of a, a thumb in the eye, spit in the face with these Literally. last set. Yeah. And you know what I thought was going to happen? I thought, I thought and, and this would have made me happy, when number two spit in his eye, and then there was a close-up of McGowan's face, I thought under his eye was going to be wet. Oh, I was waiting for that. that would have been good. I was waiting no, for no. it. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be interesting mm-hmm. to do... Uh, this is a very tough experiment for us and, and Steph Z at this point, but to see uh, the original, just the seven. Just yeah. the intended seven to see if you, you can come up with the same conclusion. Very tough to do yeah. for us, but... And obviously, you listening right now, because I imagine you've seen all the episodes now. Right. But me. try it out with somebody yeah. <coughs> who hasn't seen the show and just have them watch Just see where they yeah. end up, yeah. Oh, excuse um, me. I, I know. We all did it at the same time. We did. Something, so, something got us in the studio. So, uh, let's talk about, you know, if we're going to talk about number one, let's talk. Let's let's dive into number one fully. Let's do it. Um, and there's, uh, we have a couple pictures of number one. There's uh, There's the overall picture that we can see. Um, and then the picture we're looking at right now is obviously what what the final reveal is. But 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 even uh, kind of before that, we get the crystal ball, the all seeing ball that sees into everything, and it's got it, 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 it breaks reflects, the fourth wall. Yeah, it does, and it just right. reflects McGowan. Yeah, because it's it's him multiple yeah. times of the prison, you know, his face, the prison, his face, the prison, and then he breaks it. Interestingly enough, uh, he wears uh, no. He's kind of wearing like a turtleneck, much like a lot of the number twos. Mm-hmm. Who is McGowan? Uh, number six. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Because uh, we have to differentiate between number one and number six for a little bit, even though they're the same. They're one and the same, yeah. But yeah, he is wearing a black, blackish gray One of them is batshit crazy running around. I mean, really? Was there a, well, <laughs> was there so, a question? So, the, okay, so we get the, we get the ape reveal, yeah. right? So we get the ape reveal, which... To me, represented uh, a, a primitive nature to all of humanity. We come yeah. from apes, and, and this is you. his, you mm-hmm. know, and, and by being in the caverns, we're kind of in a subconscious level of everything. And uh, in many ways, you know, uh, this number one could be the negative aspect of number six that he's got to destroy. You know, everyone's got a bad side that's, to them. But th- that's, that's exactly kind of, not exactly, but that's a lot of, I think, what I have been thinking yeah. that it's all kind of going on in his head and it's these things that he's forced to face that maybe have happened or maybe have, haven't happened mm-hmm. and choices, maybe good, maybe bad, that he's made. So I, I definitely it's, am on board with that. I mean, it's the killing of the id is what it is. It's, you know, if you want yeah. to look at it in, in psychological terms. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, uh, ironically, David Tomlin, who's the producer, he wrote, uh, it's about a man destroying himself through ego. Yeah. Is that symbolic of Magoon or not? That's, yeah. I mean, it's, and, and when you think about it, when you put it in, in relation to Danger Man and how much he was just trying to, like, step away from that role and that notion, that typecasting, I and mean, he really, he wanted to put it to rest. 
Well, but it's funny because if you think about how much it does relate to him, Mm -hmm. not an ego and everything, it takes a certain individual to think that their show is that important that people might kill them. Well, well, and and I, I, I think when we say ego, we don't mean like egotistical, but ego as the self. Right, but yeah. I feel like it all kind yeah. of ties into each other. Yeah. Well, ego. I mean, but but that's mm-hmm. where ego, as not the self, stems mm-hmm. from is the fact that you know that. that I mean, it, one of the, I want to talk about the orbits, right? Because yeah. you know, there's the three orbits. There's uh, orbit forty two or a forty eight or orbit, orbit number two, and then there's supposed to be one for him, but he doesn't take it. Mm-hmm. And and you know, everywhere he goes, there's forty eight the, plus two equals fifty, and five zeros are five senses. Go ahead. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I guess uh, a person. It makes up all the person. Okay. All your senses. Sight, smell, oh, touch, five senses. taste, yeah. hearing. Got it. Got it. Okay. Just trying to make it work. Very good. Shoehorn um, it in there, Steph. Um, it's the last episode. I got to do some math. Where the hell was I? Uh, oh, no, the orbits, orbits, right? Orbits. So literally <laughs> everything like revolves around number six. And so that mm-hmm. is, you know, so in terms of being, an, how do you become an individual without being egotistical. Well, and that's something I thought was hilarious, and I'm, I'm going to backtrack and take away from that real quick and, and then jump back in, was when they all were like, you're going to reign over us, we need you to guide us, you're the ultimate individual, teach us how to be individuals, and that's, again, they still don't get the message. It's still like, here, we, we need someone to tell us how to do it, and uh, and that, with the orbits, it just kind of reinforces that, that they, they don't, in, they don't want to be individuals. Yeah. See, I see that's totally different. I see, I see, like all of that is parts of him. So they couldn't be individuals because they're all parts of him that are internally mm-hmm. kind of battling. So he has to be able to be the individual and just go with it. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's definitely. I, What's I, your I think thoughts? Both- like you've you've actually been really reserved about not sharing your thoughts. This is the episode you need to own it. I think. Um, you know, I, I, I think uh, I think you're both right in that sense. But for me, what the the rest of the people, the judge and uh, whatever the Greek theater mm-hmm. masks represent is perhaps another individual trying to be an individual. But they they literally just don't listen when when he takes the stand and he starts speaking. They're like, I, 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 you're not even listening. And you interpret that? Oh yeah, I interpreted that as totally different. When he was finally speaking to the people, it was all. It was all the pieces of it that the the Greek the theater people were all pieces of him that needed to fire at the same time Mimic. in order for him to speak. Fair enough. Yeah, so I took so a I, and I read it as their masks being black and white. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the yin and yang, trying to find the balance in each little area. Yes, yeah, so there's, there's that. You know, even the so the the seesaw orbit. Um, you know, no longer do they have cameras. Now they have. Uh, Guns with them. Machine guns. Machine guns. And But here's the thing. It's going perfectly. It's no longer seesawing because we're in a state of Mm -hmm. equilibrium. Um, Speaking of that, there's a photo we have of the uh, the Greek theater masks. And uh, I want to play a fun game with you guys real fast. And as well as uh, our, our individual audience members at home. Can How many of these can you name? And I'll start. There's we see the the one who speaks most is the anarchist. Yeah. So there's one. Yeah. Uh, there's education. Correct. Indi- Assertion. Yeah. Uh, oh God, I remember them. Assertion. Therapy. 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 Assertion. Youth. Intelligence. Nationalists. 
pacifists. I'm pacifists. sure you know activists. all of them, Phil. Activists. Yeah. Um, I'm oh, the the uh, I'm the supervisor. He becomes identification. Okay. Right. Whoa, Santa. No, 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 no. The supervisor. The one who. The one who walks in yeah, walks through in the, the jukebox setting. The guy that I was like, he would play a good Nazi in another sh- series. All oh, right. That's right. So, um, do you have a list of all of them? I don't actually. No. That's why it's, it's a fun game to play because you know you try try what to. Do you remember saying intelligence? Yeah. There's got to be some sort of forum where we could find all that. Oh yeah, or just screen. But yeah, that's but and again, when you see that, that's pretty much your thoughts. Like those with those people. For me, they're your thoughts or mm-hmm. what makes up who you are, your brain, your your experiences, <clears throat> whatever. Th- this might be. Um, whatever you call it, uh, a myth, a set myth, but uh, apparently someone in the back wrote their name on, the, on their little plaque, and McGoon was not happy, to oh. say the least. He's like, what the heck is this? Wow. The good news is, I'm sure no one saw it, if, if it does. <laughs> if it does still. exist, yeah. Yeah. I want, oh, I want to bring, I wish we had like a psychologist friend to bring on the show, because I really want a psychologist to break down this particular episode. Acid. Is what they would yeah. say. I'm just kidding. Acid, yeah. LSD. I mean, I mean, part of it, right, uh, a couple things that, that I... Um, Which would have been awesome if the song, instead of All You Need Is Love, was Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Oh, my God. That was, here's the... Right? Part of, part of why I think they chose uh, All You Need Is Love, besides the obvious lyrical reasons, was that it's a reference to pop culture, mm-hmm. and it, it was the number one song at around the time, and so... It's a pun on number one. We're going to meet number uh, one. Uh, uh, okay. And, I mean, uh, you know, the whole overall individual, like, really to be an individual, you need to love and love yourself. Yeah, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and one of, you know... Um, Getting deep there. Corny there's nothing deep. you can say, but you can learn to play, play the, the game. game. Which, that's that's all Pleasure. he's been doing right. in mm-hmm. the village. Yeah. Is playing the game. Yep. Up yeah, until the end. You can say that can't be said. There's nothing you can do that hadn't been done. Yeah. Yeah. See? It's perfect. Yeah, it's good. It, it's good. Good tie-in. Or Lucy in the Sky. <laughs> but I just can't see... I, I can't see Lucy in the Sky for the fight action sequence. Yeah, all you need is love with McGowan and, no. a, and, a, and a machine gun. Tommy gun. Tommy guns. Which we'll He's talk about. Like... No guns, no drinking. What it all went to hell in the last episode. As soon as they went to the Wild Wild West, it went all to. I will say there was no women in this episode, which is super weird. Yeah, there were. There were women that were leaving the village. Oh, but you know what I mean. None of them played. You said none. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Not literally. Metaphorically. Yeah. yeah. No, there Um, was no uh, leading women. Yeah, no leading ladies. I liked how the mechanical eye, the cylinder, uh, you know, we've seen it in the past. Yes, of course. I was trying to be like, is there Morse code going on? Aww. Well, that's the thing, yeah, because, yeah, you know, I mean, we, we've had Pavlovian-type responses throughout mm-hmm. this whole series, and so right. it's very much remis- reminiscent of that. And, you know, I, do you guys think that, that number six is able to interpret these, or because he's not Pavlovian, uh, he's, he's not susceptible to these, these responses? That well, but isn't it, it him blinking? Like really, if it if number one is him, isn't it all somehow connected? So why would he be? Re- yeah. reading do you, do you his understand own all the thoughts in your head all the time? No, but you don't. If you don't understand the mm. thoughts in your head, I don't think you know that you're having them. Therefore, you wouldn't know to try and figure them out. Not a psychologist, but that is just how it would occur to me. Okay. No, yeah. I mean I think, you know, no, you don't 
know how to interpret all the thoughts in your head. So, the, I mean, I don't know. I think I think he wasn't he didn't respond to it because, it, as it's been established, he's the man of steel. He he doesn't respond to anything. But I think it was his sub, subconscious influencing. Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, subconscious, my subconscious is telling our fans and me. That uh, we do have to thank one of our sponsors for uh, supporting this show, for keeping the show free to you guys, because without it, you know, we, like The Prisoner, have production costs, and uh, we don't incur them on you, we incur them on us. And one of the great ways you can uh, support the show and keep making it, uh, keep it free is uh, support our sponsors. So this sponsor is Mazda, and they have a very important question for you. Does driving matter to you? It did to uh, Magoon as he's driving in his car all over England. Um, There's over 4 million miles of road in the U.S. uh, to find out if driving matters to you. That's a lot of ground to cover. A lot of highways, freeways, wrong ways, long ways. They're all there waiting to be driven on. So, do you take that left turn at Albuquerque or just keep going? Do you wake up early on a Sunday morning for a drive before traffic? Or do you take the long, winding road home for a change? If driving matters to you, just get out there and drive. Why? As the prisoner would ask, because driving matters. Thank you, Mazda. Why, 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 why? <laughs> because I, driving I, matters. I, because I, driving I. matters. There you go. That's that's yeah. the ultimate uh, answer. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's see where we we kind of bounced all over the place. I know. Yeah, I'm I know. Sorry. It's 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 hard. It's hard. Um, let's start with the. Let's go to number two 42. and forty-eight. Let's okay. start with forty-eight. Why don't we start there? Um, so, <laughs> dumb bones, dumb bones, everything is connected. I mean, that's really... It, Marissa, I, play that. We, we, I, yeah. I, picked a, I picked a version of dumb bones. We have, uh, we have a oh, photo we of, uh, of back, Alexis Creeper. Connor, who, so who was the kid, right? I told you to keep I, an eye out for him because he's coming well, back. He and then four back, and right. eight. A four is doubled to be an eight, so there's one. Right. And then two. Here we go. Sing along. Wait, this is a Bible song? Yes, yeah. it is. I'm a wild atheist. I don't know these things. Here's the thing. It was also... Neither of you were singing. My bones. bones connected to the... You gotta dance like him. Hear the word of the Lord. What does this have to do about the Bible? I don't understand. Because there's another song that's not a biblical hit song. Part of it. I'm so confused. I'm so confused why they would use this one. Well, because Ezekiel 37, verse 1. I don't know how to read these things. Uh, 37. 14. 1 through 14. Uh, refers to uniting Israel as one society. That's what we're doing in this when episode. When was this song written? Chapter 37, verses 1 through 14. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Marissa. You. Marissa is the token uh, religious. <laughs> Yay, somebody's got to have the, the Lord in them here, because it's certainly not us. Um, wow. Here's the thing, I mean... I don't under... I just don't... I, well, okay, and they chose the, the Ezekiel verse to yes. use in this one. Okay, because the audio in that in that theater... What does the Ezekiel really, mean? Because that's also... Ezekiel's a, a person. Ezekiel's yeah, yeah. the one who wrote it. I know, but what it, Do we have to get that basic with the Bible? Well, no, but I'm saying, no, I get that he wasn't wrong, but I know that there's like a, a big brand that's called Ezekiel, too. The bread. It, is called it? God Strengthens. See, there, oh. I knew there was a meaning. But there is, okay. there is a bread called Ezekiel. 
I wasn't thinking of bread. I'm just saying. Well, you can, oh, and it's like eating a piece thinking. of. It's like taking communion. That's really cute. It oh, is. Wow. Yeah. Um, Everything but, is so <laughs> super tied together. It's a small world after, after all. all. Why didn't they use that? <laughs> they should have. <laughs> well, part of uh, part of Dem Bones, right? And it's D E M. It used to be a slave song that that they would sing, and it was like uh, the only way to be free was to go to heaven. And so, by you know singing these religious songs, it, it gave them safe passage to heaven, and so on and so mm. forth. And Oh, and, that, that's interesting. Yeah. And so that's why I think ultimately it was chosen for those various things because obviously the villagers are ultimately slaves, slaves. and how do you become ah. free and so on and so forth. And I like it, Phil. I like yeah, that works set. really good, I'm, actually. I'm all, I'll buy that one. Won't return mm-hmm. it. There you go. <laughs> and um, I, I really like the fact, you know, uh, it became number 48 as close as we come to any sort of religion. I mean, when, you know, he's being accused that, that the youth has no purpose in the regard of their rebellions. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's no sense of direction. Youth. I thought, he, I thought number 48 at one point was Magooing seeing himself as a youth. Oh, yeah. No. Because and, they kind of look somewhat similar, I thought. And they both called the judge dad. Yeah. Yes. I think, so I, I, I mean, I think it, I think it's there. I don't think you're off basis. I don't think it's meant to be as in your face with other aspects of this. But I think both both forty eight and two's rebellions are tied into uh, number sixes. Well, and they leave together. Yeah, so yeah. You know, are they like yeah. brothers from another it's, mother. It's almost like the the different faces of rebellion. Of rebellion, yeah, you've got right. youth, you've got establishment, and then you've got. But he was the only one in the whole series, maybe to me, that resembles him, mm. and he comes back. Yeah. Well, number it, two, we, we'll talk about number yeah. two. He comes back in his own way. Right, but um, number twos have come back before. No, like, sidekick has come back as the sidekick again. Was he... Oh, God. What? I'm not remembering. Was he 48 in the... in? No. I, I, I think he might have had a different Yeah, number. he was... I think he's... I think it's uh, just a... Di- I think he's the same actor in a different role. Regardless... Um, oh, so he he's not a, the crazy one that kills the lady at the end? No. Okay, but regardless, yeah. he has a refusal to wear his number mm-hmm. six. Or, like, number six, he, mm-hmm. he refuses to wear the number. Yeah. Um, Again, why he would be Magoon. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the whole point is, right, we spent... Once upon a time, all we spent talking about how number two becomes number six and six becomes number two, ultimately, mm-hmm. right? And so if you want a full dissection of them merging together, you're there. I 100% agree with, with number 48 that, that, that they're supposed to be similar. Yeah. And, and, uh, mm-hmm. and much like number six, this whole entire series, when he lays down on his knees and is in that pose, he's basically saying, you're wrongly accusing me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's supposed to be like Jesus being crucified. Yeah. Wrongfully. Oh, wow. There's a lot of religiousness in, in this. this episode. Yeah. For as much as McGowan has, like, gone against violence yeah, and all these things. Yeah, it seems like, weird. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Window. It just seems left field. Yeah. yeah dropping that acid again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's on that molly. <laughs> Well, that's, you know, uh, speaking of, like, the, it, did you guys find it interesting that it's the anarchist who speaks up against number 48 and says, you know, you, you, you've uh, gone against society, basically. It's like, well, isn't that funny yeah. coming from the anarchist? And that's the whole yeah. point is mm-hmm. that it, it is a contradiction of everything. Yeah. You know, and that there, there are so we we, mm-hmm. we contradict ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, anytime you take a stance against something so strongly, you become vulnerable because you're going to contradict yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And people do it every single day. Like in our, our previous show. Yeah. 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 Which is why I love when people say, I'm never late. Oh, yeah? All it's going to take is one time for you to be late. Never and always are like the yeah. two bad Misused. words. Yeah. 
There are curses in my book. <laughs> Not cusses. Curses. curses. Um, and, uh, you know, so what did you guys think? I have my my opinions on it, but but the, the them bones dance and everyone's breaking into it because we had it once at the beginning. Kind of people were getting into it, but then it was stopped. And then eventually just everyone got into well, it. it. It shows that none of them are individuals. Like, I think that it's a underlying, uh, what do you call that? You know, it's it's a hint of what's to come when when they ultimately are say like, hey, we want you to rule over us, be our leader, teach us to be individuals. I think it's highlighting the fact that none of them are actually individuals. Stuff. I, I, I don't think they really exist. Mm-hmm. You know, but even if it's in his head, what does that mean? If it's in his head, that I, I don't know. I feel like it's not. They don't really exist in a sense where they ask they're not individuals. It's just all of him coming together to realize that he has more power because he's number one. Okay. How about this? Is is, the, is it the negative effects of rock and roll? Some people, like, cite that of, like, oh. Is what? Sorry, I didn't hear you. You know how, like, uh, rock and roll, it was all meant to, like, you, you just lose your mind and you go crazy and you it's just like, take, like. It's, it's like the Mary Jane. Yeah. Steph, it's like the Mary Jane. Which, by the way, please go see Reefer Madness, the musical. It's amazing. Marissa agrees. Where where did this show go? No. I'm kidding. Um, I did not take that away, but again, that's the 60s. This is the 20 teens. Didn't see it at all. And I don't think the music that they're playing here is rock and roll. I will say uh, 48 has a really punk, like pre-punk vibe. Steampunk. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's not, but but like, you know, you think about like the era of punks and while there were like British punk gangs actually in the the 60s, there's a really cool girl gang, uh, but the punk movement, you don't really uh, relate to like the later 70s and 80s, eh, early 70s, but he definitely has this like, it's not quite like rock and roll rebellion. It is like a, 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 British pre-punk, and I, I really appreciated that. Like, they're definitely like, I don't know, that just made me happy because I like that. But so I can see why people were drawing the music conclusion. But what an interesting song to pick. I thought, here's the thing. Yeah. I thought I actually it, love this song because it's like again, it, it, it connects everything together. Well, yes, Mary. Oh, is wow. it because uh, religion uh, turns people into sheep and that they all followed him? Is that what McGowan was saying? It depends on your worldview and and so on and so yeah, forth, and, and so maybe according to you, yes. There. Just, yeah. I wasn't saying according to me. I was quest- asking. I was asking. Well, you you just you said earlier I, that you were an atheist, so that doesn't mean I, I disapprove of religion. I just don't believe in God, but I think religion has a great place in society. I think. Uh, I mean, part of it. Speaking of that whole thing. Um, you know, for me, the whole representation of these various entities and kind of them. Whether or not disagreeing or, or, mm-hmm. or at least agreeing finally in this sense, it's like, okay, how are you going to argue when at the end of the day everyone just wants the same enlightenment? So that's what I got out of it was like, stop fighting. You know, and, and by the way, he wanted very much to have this kind of look like a UN session. And that, I mean, it, it felt like parliament. That's for yeah. certain. Yeah. Well, and again, it's just like what both of you guys are saying, it's, you know, Maybe there is no God, but in a way, you're your own God. You set yeah. your own rules. You do this, you do that. Definitely. You know? You're very Nietzsche-esque today, Stephanie. What do you mean? Nietzsche? Nietzsche. Okay. Yeah, you're but... quoted as saying, God is dead. No, I didn't. I said that? No, I said, no, Nietzsche, no, Nietzsche said. is quoted as saying, God is oh! dead. Oh! Don't, didn't know that. No, I'm not, but I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, yeah. and I'm not saying that that's 
my belief necessarily, but what I'm saying mm-hmm. is you two are kind of saying the same exact thing, but slightly differently. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, speaking of uh, kind of the whole idea of Parliament, I pulled a quote for, from Salman Rushdie. Mm. Um, the idea of the sacred is quite simply one of the most conservative notions in any culture because it seeks to turn other ideas, uh, uncertainty, progress, change into crimes. And that's in many ways what I felt the whole uh, the, the proceedings were. Well, the word yeah. it's just, yeah, because that word is so vague, really, because it can mean something different to everyone. Rebellion? Mm-hmm. Well, no. They Crime. It's sacred. Oh. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean... Like, the, what's the, sacred to you is maybe not sacred to me, therefore that but, can't... But that's what it's saying, is yeah. that, that what is sacred is is uh, dependent on the individual or the society, exactly. and that if, if it falls outside of that realm, then it's labeled as, uh, you know, an act of aggression or, or something to be punished. Right, which kind of makes the word null and void. To me. Well, well, I mean, in the prisoner, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody that was there, except, with the exception of forty-eight, two, and six, agreed on what society needs to be doing, and, and that. So, I want to get into number two now mm-hmm. because okay. you know he says, you know, he followed the rules and things like that. Like it, it, it's almost a very sad story because he followed the rules his entire life, and he represents you know someone older. I don't, you know, he could have, they could have had him obviously much, much older, and it would have been even sadder if he was like in his nineties. But, um, you know, now he's, let's say, towards the end of his life, even though he still has a little bit more. And he's regretting... He's got the, two weeks. Regretting the fact that he's been <coughs> the way he has been because it's, it's uh, you know, he's realized, like, it's all meant nothing. I've given my life to you guys and it's all meant nothing. Mm-hmm. And so now when I do rebel, it's going to be the sh- mo- most short-lived thing. But at the very least, I can take that away because it's going to be the most beautiful. Wow, that's really... That's did you not? Get- that's really deep there. No, I just still that's- think that number two. Maybe I've been watching Mr. Robot a little too much, <laughs> but I kind of all think that it's the bigger picture of the inner workings of his head. So maybe he's been doing that, and and he's kind of the same age almost as I feel like Magoon would be. There, they've never, you know what I mean. So I feel like it's just. I didn't read it. That way. He's got but, like why, 20 what, years on but then why can't it be the fear of that? Yeah, you know, for it Mag- could be the for- fear of that. But but anyway, you slice it. That character, it's like if number one's in charge. So if Magoo, if this is really just Magoo's head and and it happening always, he's telling number two <coughs> what to tell him in order to get through whatever issue he needs to get through. So he really has a way bigger role than a failure type role. Hmm. Fair enough. Hmm. Um, Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's just different. Yeah. I just read it I can't. differently. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, one of the things, you know, the, the, we, we, we talked about this, and I want to kind of present you guys, because Meredith, you said, you know, how do you, how do you allow people to be individuals when you have to teach them? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I thought of immediately uh, uh, Plato and the allegory of the cave, only because, you know, the only reason you would turn back to the cave and... This was literally a cave. <laughs> yeah, quite. Um, is to educate people, mm-hmm. and so how do you, how how do you teach? Can you teach someone to be an individual, to be themselves? Yeah, I, I don't know if it can be taught as much as it can be learned. Okay, if that 
I get what you're trying to say. Yeah. It's not like you can sit somebody down and tell them, but it has to be, you can create a space for them to figure it out exactly. and then direct and redirect and direct mm-hmm. and redirect. And I feel like that's what a that great parent. That sounds very Pavlovian, though. Whatever it sounds, but I feel like that's what a good parent yeah, does Wait. I feel like I feel like you can't sit? I can't sit you down, Phil, and be like, okay, if you do X, Y, and Z, you're an individual. But I can by whatever you choose to do, or knowing you, and knowing maybe there's like something you won't do because an insecurity here or mm-hmm. this, that, or the other thing. I can coach you through that by seeing your the way you experience life and the things you choose to help. Almost like the village did with number six, right? So the village is therapeutic. Yeah. So, so therapy for you in mm-hmm. this case would be coming to Vancouver. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> All roads uh, back to yep. Vancouver. Oh man, yes indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you just took me off the train of thought there. Sorry, I've been doing that all episode. I've been I've been tweet, trying. Guys, tweet at Phil and tell him to go to Vancouver for the World Cup this weekend, please. Yeah, if you guys are watching, I'm mm-hmm. trying to convince Phil I want to go see the women's USA soccer team win the World Cup. I'm just putting it out there that they're going to win. It's a redemption. We're gonna do it again. It's very sad the English team. We very happens. quickly timestamped this episode. <laughs> it did. Um, so, uh, Meredith, you have incorrectly called uh, the guns towards the end machine guns. Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, I was. I, when I called wa- them machine guns. Yeah, it was me. Okay. I was gonna call them. Um, what's the Russian? AK-47. And well, yeah, they, yeah. I was gonna find the Russian name, but yes, AK-47s. Well, they are not. They're Tommy guns. What? Which are the same. No! Tommy guns are 1940s. They got the little round thing, the boop, boop, boop. The one guy did have that. Oh, okay. I missed that. I saw it, yeah. And it it was the same guns used by gangsters and law enforcers during the Prohibition era. A knock on the U.S., perhaps? And again, contrary, because you got law enforcers and you got gangsters. It's like you're telling me they went through the, the research and thought process to figure out what kind of gun would be a knock on U.S. prohibition, but they didn't know number one was going to be number one until the end of the freaking series? Come on! Wow, that New Jersey just got out. I don't buy it. It's New York. Get it right. Sorry. I'm just telling you what. I'm just saying, I don't buy it. Returned. I don't buy it. I mean, There's a great movie called Heavyweights, and one of the kids in it says, Hey, man, I'm just telling you what I heard. I mean, I love you for it, but come on. Well, I mean, this isn't the first time that they've kind of thumbed their nose at America, so I, I, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, what do you guys think of the whole... Just Because I know we talked about the rock and things like that, but how much of a knock is it on just, just the nuclear threat and things like that? Because now this is the second time we've had it referenced. And, and right, yeah. yeah and yeah, again, yeah. I did definitely did think of an explosion, but I, I didn't make that correlation. I think at that time I was just very, like, Phil just filmed me, and I didn't have an aha moment. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it's, the rocket actually came out of nowhere. It really yeah. did. Let's, like... As did uh, all the helicopters. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, that. wow, where are all those helicopters before? I, I felt the rocket, and that's an issue I've always had with this episode, is that... I, I don't understand why the rocket was used other than we have this footage, so let's reuse it. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt very forced. And I, I don't actually draw meaning from it because I I just I just don't feel it. I, I think it ties back to uh, Doctor Strange Love. Um, and there's a, there's a clip. Um, it's from the trailer. 
And I think it's... By the way, watch the trailer in its entirety, because mm-hmm. talk about, like, if you think that Magoon is strange enough, this is one of the best trailers in the world, just because of how weird it is. But um, uh, I want to I play the, the part where they, they say the title of the movie, so Marissa, hit it. Dr. Strange Love. Or, How I Learned to Stop Worrying and... Love the Bomb. A moving <laughs> I, I so they have aware of it, man. I, 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 I. Um, but again, so, that is that is really the world we live in. It's like, what mm-hmm. can we do to distract you over here? Why this is really what you should be thinking. Interesting. Mm. So we shouldn't be thinking about rockets, although rockets are aiming for us as we speak. Well, but that rocket, there was no like. Why did everyone have to flee the village? Where was it going? Well, you. You don't know. Right. You know, I mean, that's the whole thing. Like, I mean, how many times, like, people thought legitimately that if they hid under a table that they would be safe from a nuclear bomb. Not the case. And and so it's like, you know, you had procedures for these things because you didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't feel that they were. Do you follow the procedures if you don't know? And again, I'm going to timestamp this in a Mm -hmm. second, this episode. But do you think that you follow, both of you, I have this question. Do you think that you follow that like if there's something they say is well, happen. That's the thing is I didn't get the impression that they were running to hide. I thought that they were running out of the village because they thought it was going to blow up because generally speaking if I a, thought it was going to blow up. If yeah. a rocket launches, it's not going to unless you know because it 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 fails, it's not going to just fall down and blow up where it came from. It's going to go launch somewhere and go launch an attack somewhere else. So I don't understand why they were Well, you this, know, this was at the cusp of, I mean this you know, we were about to send the first man on the moon. Right? And so, uh, so part of that ties into literally this time period of 1968. Um, yeah, it was just, it was just such a forced scene. It, it was, but but at it the same time, terrible. again, how, you, you, but but I think the point of it was that uh, mm-hmm. that if you may, you, they've never gone through this. So how the hell do you know the consequences? All you know that you've been conditioned. Like, wow, if you know how many times, like the stereotype, if you hit this red button, things will go bad. Well, what's going to happen? Just don't press the red button. No. So, like, in this scenario, they've literally pressed the red button. It's like, oh, crap. Right, but, right, right. But does it, does it start a new scene, or does the red button just... I'm not going to finish that sentence, because it, I don't want to take away from your notes. Because I just looked down and saw that it was going to... What, what, no, go ahead. Okay. then Or does the red button just reset everything all over again? Maybe it does. Oh. So, yeah. Uh, to, so, to merit, you know, because mm-hmm. I think... We've talked number one, and I'm glad we did. Um, but now I, I really think people take most issue with the actual ending, and that's that's what we're hinting so at. So that's why I love. I, I'm one of the rare people who absolutely adores the ending. Okay. Really? For what? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, because it's it's one of those masochistic things where it's it it shows that you know it's it's like a hamster in a wheel. You're, you keep trying to think you're going to go to go somewhere, but you never end up going anywhere. You just end up at the same place again. And I think for what this show is at its core, it's about futility. I think that's what it shows. It's that there's no real running away. You know, you can't escape fate, destiny, yourself, and you always end up back where you belong. Steph, go ahead, because I got some thoughts. That's why you need to love yourself, because you can't escape yourself. Mm. Okay. I have, For me, uh, and... Forgive me if I said this, but again, a lot of these themes kind of, as as we've right. said, have yeah. kind of gone throughout. But it comes down to the fact that in life, um, 
if you're not ready to learn a certain lesson, life's going to give you that same hurdle to go mm-hmm. through over and over and over. And so in this regard, I, I think the prisoner, as much as like, yes, he's won the right to be an individual, I think he's making, you know, he's still a prisoner of himself. And until he learns how to forego that, he's going down the same hamster wheel, yep. as you said. And I, and, and, and I think, uh, and it also speaks to a greater thing. I, I think ultimately, uh, you know, and this I know I've said before, but um, uh, everyday choices, right? Everyone like th- theorizes about like what they can do in life and things like that. It's literally the everyday grind that can have a life or death consequence on people because it wears mm-hmm. you down. Or McGowan just needs to accept the fact he's danger man and then move on with his life and do some more acid. No, I, I I agree. I think like that's like I said. I like it because of my weird nihilistic, uh, you know, tendencies. But it it is. I mean, it's exactly what you say, Phil. Is the reason that he's going through it all again is, he, and ultimately, he didn't learn anything from this. He didn't change at all. He's right. never changed the entire episode. Yeah, serious. And Excuse that, me. That's that's uh again, and I and I believe I also said this very early in the thing that he is a prisoner of himself. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I feel like when we talk about all this stuff, like Phil said, you really do have a choice of learning and educating and figure out why you think and believe the things you do or just going along with what society and people direct you to do. And again, I feel you know that it is just that internal prisoner. You're a prisoner mm-hmm. of what other people think. You're a prisoner of what other the rules and the regulations that are set for you. Like you're a prisoner of all these things, and you know that's really it. Yeah, and I think you know, and for me at least, and if you guys disagree, I'm fine. If you like punk rock, if you like this, if you like that, it's okay. But know and understand why you like it, rather than like, oh, I just like it. Right? How many times do you hear people say, I don't know, I just like it. Oh, I mean, I not even with reason. music. With with that's Everything, like, yeah. Oh, I, I didn't Anything. mean just music. Oh, mac yeah. and cheese. I just love it. I can't explain why. I just love mac and cheese. I mean, it's cheesy and right. delicious and really good. No, but I feel like stuff like that comes down to taste, and I don't know that there is like. And again, I don't mean to go super deep, but I feel like with music and with food, you like it because it makes you feel a certain way, or it, your taste buds react a certain way. But I more so have that when people say. You know, I, I work on this project on the side and, um, you know, I interview people and one of the questions I like to ask them are, are you proud to be American? And they don't know why. Like, for me, that's like a greater scale. Like, people, most of the people, I've had one person that said no, say yes, and I say, well, why? And but they he- have no idea. So it's like a belief. For me, like, things that you're attracted to or things that you like, not knowing why is simpler than having beliefs and stance and you know it'd be like if i was to ask meredith why are you an atheist if you're like well i don't know that would be more upsetting than not knowing why you don't like mac and cheese i get that right and i'm gonna kind of i'm gonna agree with you but also you know say that that the the greater thing is you know by not even knowing the simpler things you you can't even get to that level how are you gonna know why you're an atheist if let's i'll give you an example but you can't no. really know why you like no. mac and cheese. No, it's just I'm gonna, I'm gonna works with your I'm taste gonna, buds. I'm going to give you an example. Okay, put that just, finger just away. Listen. Just put listen. Put it away. Put your down. Now, shut I was just making a crack about mac and cheese. I didn't realize I mean, it I... would turn into this. Wow. Okay. okay. It's all so, your fault. Uh, no, for... I just wanted mac and cheese. So, I know. I totally want mac and cheese now. So, so Yes, Phil. There, there's a mom right who makes baked ham, right? And she would cut off the crust and she would put it in the pan. And then the kid would be like, well, why did you know? Why did you cut off the crust? Or the, the whatever. Mm-hmm. 
And because my mother did that way. And so the daughter the daughter asked the Oh gra- my god, I've grand- totally heard this. Asked the grandmother, you know, why did you cut that. you know, why did you well mm-hmm. because my mother did it that way. So then the daughter asked the great grandmother of like, why did you do it this way? Well back in the day when we baked this ham, the pans were so Too small big. that we had to cut <laughs> the crust. And so no one questions this crap and that's the way you do it. And you just think that's which just again the way. is society a, though. Yeah, which again is a, for me more of a thought thing than just an initial like why we like why we're attracted to certain things, why we like certain mm-hmm. things. I feel like is more of a reaction <laughs> than a thought process. Yeah, I think I think it's actually demeaning and kind of an, uh, insulting to assume that people like oh I don't know why I like the song I just do is that they're like to uh, insinuate that they're just following pop- popular culture. I think things like music and entertainment resonate with us on such a, a deep level that maybe we can't always quantify with words. Versus, well, I mean, I just cut the crust off my ham. I think it's I yeah. think it's apples and oranges. But yeah, I think I, I, I think um, for me as we're talking about. About it. One of the, the things that uh, probably have been brought up so many different times in, in society is, you know, the youth, right? The mm-hmm. innocence of youth. And or part- the ignorance yeah, yeah. of youth. Yeah, but there's or a curi- the brilliance of youth mm-hmm. that we don't explore. There's there's a curious... Here's the thing. As, yes, they're not... They may not be knowledgeable, but there is that curiosity there. And I, th- I feel like, um, you know, with number 48, you know, it's represented here, yeah. is that, you know, he's he's... Doing things in life, and just because he's exploring on his own, <coughs> yes, he needs direction and things like that. But she, he, you know, he he shouldn't, as the judge says, have his buttocks smacked. You know, that shouldn't be right away what the the go to is. As, as Steph C mm-hmm. said, you know, guide them, mm-hmm. give them yeah. a playground to grow. Yeah, yeah, a garden, plant that seed, man, water that lawn. Mm-hmm. That's right. Sweet, uh, yeah. Uh, well. That's all I got. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe it's over. I know. So well, I want to get watch you, the remake. I want to get your uh, closing thoughts on Fallout. And then I definitely want to kind of just you know, um, touch upon the prisoner uh, as a general. Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll do some like favorite moments, things yeah. like that. My, my overview on this episode, it was, it was a really fun, good episode. I didn't like as the many breadcrumbs that they dropped for me just because I don't like breadcrumbs. No, I'm totally kidding. Um, no, I didn't. You know, I, I felt like it was way in your face. At the end of what was happening, um, but I did. I like. It was a great series for me. It was. Mm-hmm. It was a nice exploration. It was a good journey. And did it you gain you information? I got some freaking information. <laughs> oh, okay, because I didn't. <laughs> well, maybe you should go back and do it again. Yep, <laughs> for the eighth time. <laughs> maybe one and day. Reset. <laughs> Which, by the way, I mean, here's the thing. Like, what's fun about this? If you guys are listening at home, like, you know. Watch the series again. Bring, like, I'm glad we brought on yeah. Steph Z into this experience. It would have been one thing for Meredith and I to do it, and we, I'm sure we would have done. Uh, this was admirably. fascinating to listen in someone who is completely new to it, though. I loved that. Like, yeah. thanks. It brought guys. it. It brought it. It brought it. It made it new for me again. Right. Yeah, and I think uh, you know that's part of the fun is really getting to share mm-hmm. this experience with other people and, right. and infect them. Yeah, just infect them with yeah. the prisoner. Meredith, your thoughts on the prisoner. Uh, overall or this episode um both okay well you know uh this episode it 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 is what it is um you know it's been a it's been a quick build up to a big uh mind screw um and i think this episode really kind of showcases uh a certain aspect of mcguin 
Um, I liked it. Uh, you know, again, I, I never cared for the rocket scene, but I love the ending. I think it's um, great. I think they cover a lot. I think there's a lot of subtext. Uh, number two scene specifically has so much subtext. If you go back and watch it a, a bit, you see a lot. Um, it's a brilliant series. I, I, you know, was first introduced to The Prisoner when I was much younger uh, by my godparents, um, was fascinated, you know, as a preteen and watched it kind of in my, like, mid-early-ish 20s and having watched it again now with you guys I'm like I have a a whole new appreciation for it and I I definitely have a much better understanding of what's being said and I think it's it's a fascinating series that is really like when you think about how long it's been on air it really stands the test of time it really does and it you know um, we couldn't have Booger today but uh, you know he said in the past on episodes he has Mm -hmm. been here you know he's gotten to share it with his daughter so uh, it, it really is interesting how people kind of present it <coughs> and continue the legacy and and what everyone finds in it mm-hmm. uh, ultimately you know you could agree with it disagree with it but it certainly makes you think um mcguin said in an interview that uh of number six he hasn't got it meaning freedom uh no freedom ever it starts all over again it's like the one thing mcguin said on the series about the series yeah but for me Here's here's the thing that um, my stamp of what ultimately it all mm-hmm. kind of is. The series started in the same place with a different view, but it ends in a, in the same place with a different perspective. And if you can do that in life, you're doing okay. Mm, yeah, you're doing okay. Yeah. You'll have a definite different perspective if you come with me on Monday. <laughs> Just kidding. Sunday. So you know yeah. what, when ladies and gentlemen, listening to us, be good people. Yeah, to each be good. other. Be kind to one another. To you. To you. Uh-huh. And just think about that choice and think about, you know, that's what I would love to do is encourage people to think about why you believe and why you do the things you do. And are they for the right reasons? And I'm, what the right reasons are, what resonates with you, not what you've been told, heard, or seen somebody else do. Yeah. And for a limited time, uh, literally, you have to, like, be listening live or tuning in right now. You can go to Vancouver with Steph Z for the Women's World Cup 2015. All you got to do now. is tweet at I am Steph Z. Don't miss out on your chance to I'm go ready. to the World Cup with Steph Z. You have Z. to pay your way, but you can go with Steph. But we'll hang out. Yeah, she'll hang out with you. Yeah, exactly. She'll give you high fives. I like high fives. They're pretty cool. So, uh, so if you know, again, uh, you're 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 uh, welcome to go. <laughs> yes. We never addressed welcome. Yeah. Oh, was, anyways, we'll come back. We'll come back and revisit this in a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. One well, day, it's super fun. Yeah. One day we'll we'll have kind of a reunion thing. Uh, and you know what? It would be fun. Um, uh, the Six of One Society they do the mm-hmm. Port Marion thing on um, every April. So you know, I think uh, we'll we'll try to get out there. We'll find a way. Love uh, finding we're going. By hook or by crook, we'll find a way. By yeah. hook or by crook. <laughs> So right. uh, look out for us there. Uh, don't be shy. Say mm-hmm. hi. No. We don't bite. We promise. I've never heard that. Don't, don't be shy. shy say say hi. hi. That's so good. I'm going to say that. I'm 100% yes. stealing that. That was worth the whole prisoner yeah. recap. You've never heard this? No. All right. so old, Phil. Speaking of uh, don't be shy, come say hi. Uh, you can. There's social media stuff. Just mm-hmm. because the, the, the prisoner... Uh, podcast has ended doesn't mean your experience and, and our connection has to end we can still all yes. be uh, 
communicative. Yeah, yeah. So, Steph? Um, you guys can tweet me at I-A-M-S-T-E-F-Z. Keep the conversation going. It's been really, really fun. Thank you guys so much for watching this journey. And not spoiling it for me. Yeah. I appreciate that. It's been good. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at M-P-L-A-C-K-O. That's M Placo. I talk all things comic books and sci-fi and TV and cats and mac and cheese. So, uh, I don't know. Send me pics of mac and cheese and uh, we can talk about that. That's right. And uh, this, of course, is AfterBuzz TV. There's so many TV shows uh, that if if you love TV, we've probably got an after show for it. So continue your AfterBuzz experience. And um, you know what? A lot of you guys continue to rate, comment, all that stuff. (coughs) I've seen, uh, you know, a couple people have asked, is there an email address where I can write something more personal? Yes, there is. It's info at AfterBuzzTV.com. We appreciate you guys because without you... We are just individuals. Yeah, and we are. That's cool. That is cool. That's cool, but it's fun to be individuals in a group. It is. Yes, yes. I love this. Thank you guys for having me on. This is my first AfterBuzz show, so it was super fun. And here's all the notes. And I'm done with the journey of reading 800 books a week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. All you need is love. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 